Shansplaining. Do you know that there are two parts to Michigan? Many people that I have crossed paths with around the United States, Europe, and the United Kingdom did not know that there is a lower peninsula and an upper peninsula when it comes to the state of Michigan. I spent the early years of my life living in the upper peninsula in an area called Marquette. That is not the mitten part of Michigan, but the other part closer to Canada that is shaped like a snowmobile. Speaking of snowmobiles, winters are long and brutal. Snow reaches the heights of a first story window at times and the canceling of events and schools is a common factor due to Eskimo conditions. Being equipped with a creative imagination is how I survived growing up in an area that had nothing much going on aside from the shifting four seasons. During the long cold winters, I dreaded taking my dog on walks, so I killed two birds with one stone. I would make sure she had a chance to go potty while I also had a chance to get some fun playtime in. I would bundle up in all the snow gear looking like the little boy from the movie The Christmas Story in the scene where he was so tightly dressed in his snowsuit that he could barely move. I'd grab my dog's leash and place it on her yellow lab-collared neck collar and the two of us wobbled out of the house. I would head to the shed in my backyard and grab my plastic orange sled and my fishing pole along with a handful of dog treat sausages I placed in my snow pants pocket. I sat on the sled holding my dog's leash while I placed a sausage on the end of the fishing pole. She chased after the sausage that hung way past the front of the sled and over her head. I had a free sleigh ride and the neighbors had free entertainment as my 10-year-old self and my 3-year-old yellow lab glided by their front windows in the appearance of Shanta Claus and her one reindeer. Ho, ho, holy moly did we have some close calls with cars seeing I didn't have much control of my dog and that out-of-control sausage hooked on the end of that floppy fishing pole. She chased that treat in all winding directions as it dangled on that loose rod. Yee-haw! When springtime approached, the muddy waters evolved and it was time to pretend I had a real motorcycle. I was too young to ride a real one, so my flashy yellow banana seat bicycle with a few added additions would have to suffice. My friends and I would grab real motorcycle helmets from one of our houses seeing everyone had four-wheelers and snowmobiles and real motorcycles too. Motorcycle helmets came a dime a dozen. Keep in mind these helmets were adult-sized and way too big for our small heads. Next, we would find baseball cards and clip them onto our bicycle's back tire with a clothespin clip creating a vroom vroom sound. I probably could be making bank today selling some of those old baseball cards I wasted on that technique. We had the vroom vroom sound, the motorcycle helmets on our little heads, and our flashy banana seat bicycle tires pumped up and ready to cruise. Pedaling our way down to the local mini mart two miles from our neighborhood, we had a determined mission to purchase airhead candies. See, these were the days when a dollar could be stretched. Ten candies for one dollar. There was something so fun about airhead candies. They were long-shaped, and my favorite were the red ones. You could place them in your mouth before chewing them and pretend you had a very long tongue resembling the lead singer of the band Kiss. We would enter the store still wearing our motorcycle helmets and pretend we had actual motorcycles waiting for us outside the store. Sometimes we would say, Nah, no gas today for our bikes. Just the candies, please. The store clerk would usually just smile with a touch of laughter. Summer was when I spent most of my time playing with androgynous Barbies in our wooden blue duplex shed behind our house that I had turned into my playhouse. 
Looking back at that shed now, people in today's day spend lots of money to live in these sheds they call tiny homes. I had a tiny home in my backyard growing up. That's cool. In my experience, regular Barbies were super boring, so I would spice them up by cutting off all of their hair. Then I would remove their heads from their bodies and place the heads on a G.I. Joe. My upgraded Barbies were bald, short, and had way too big of heads for their small new G.I. Joe bodies. I usually made my Barbies be boys, not girls, because I never seemed to relate to playing a feminine part when it came to anything in life, even at an early age. That creative imagination kicked in while getting my Barbie time in as well. I would go the extra mile and make my new androgynous Barbies have boy parts. I'd make fake penises out of toilet paper and scotch tape, then putting a pair of homemade paper pants on them to hide the goods. My mom found my homemade Barbie one time, and this particular day was a day I learned what the emotion awkward felt like. Fall would arrive, and after doing chores of raking the beautiful leaves, I would stir up some fun on our landline telephone. See, you could get away with much more growing up in the 80s before cell phones and caller ID existed. In the 80s, when the telephone rang, you had five chances at picking it up before it would go to the answering machine, and then the other end could remain a mystery or reveal themselves. I rarely let the phone go to the answering machine due to constant curiosity of who was calling. Often my household growing up would receive telephone calls from telemarketers, also known as people not knowing how to pronounce the last name Provost. People would pronounce it Prevost or Prevost. I still don't know how Provost is such a hard word to pronounce for some individuals. Anyhow, messing with the many telemarketers that would call our landline was a regular source of entertainment. Here is an example of a scenario that often would happen when I picked up the phone. Ring, ring. Me. Hello, telemarketer. Hi, can I please speak to Mrs. Prevost? Me. It's Provost, and no, she is in the shower. Telemarketer. Oh, okay, can I then please speak to Mr. Prevost? Me. No, it's Provost, and he is actually in the shower with her. A different scenario of prank calling was calling Pizza Hut. Ring, ring, Pizza Hut. Hello, this is Pizza Hut. How can I help you? Me. Hello. I would like to order a medium-sized delivery boy with nothing on him, please. Sometimes I would wait to see what the other line's response would be, but more than often I would just hang up after that mic drop moment. Oh, the many seasons of Michigan. Winter would approach again as it does, and Shanta Claus and her one reindeer would be ready for slaying action once again.